I'm Steve Stanford. I'm Mark Oya. And you're listening to the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange, welcome to the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for coming out. That was a good intro. Very good. Yeah. No, it's here. like they practiced that before. I, 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 I think we got some seasoned uh, production vets here. Uh, yeah, I know, right? I'm, I'm impressed. Well, I've done a, a podcast or two. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll try to low key it. Yeah. Well, this is my first podcast, so. All right, we'll, we'll, we got a podcast virgin here. Yeah. All right. We'll Radical. I'll, we'll hopefully, hopefully I make it out of here. Don't worry, I only have four ahead of you, so it's okay. <laughs> well, well thank, thanks for coming down. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. No, thanks for is, having us. This yeah, is good. Pleasure. So let's just start out of the gate. Let's just talk about your, your new um, venture that you guys got going out, right? We got it going out. At, what is it? On, it's on YouTube. It's well, it's internet, you know, internet based, but mm-hmm. what, what, Facebook what, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, Instagram. Instagram, right? Yes, yeah. that's how I I kind of saw it there. Yeah, right. It, it, it's called uh, the art of. It's called art you can drive. Art you can drive. I, I watched all three episodes this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the Chevy C10. Yeah. Wow. What you a like it? beautiful ride. <laughs> People Thank love you. that truck. I, I can see why. Yeah. It's gorgeous inside and out. It's cool because I built that. That's my own truck. And I've, you know, it's funny because these, you know, so-called, they, they call them trends, but like I've always had one of those trucks. And, you know, I've had them since I was a kid and it's just what we had because we love trucks. And, yeah, well, and, and what'd you pull up in today? You, that, that's a different truck from obviously the one yeah that's another see like you know when you're married i've been married for 30 years so you know these are shop trucks (laughs) (laughs) no they really yeah right you know we have they're you know somewhere between five and 20 well but we're not sure you know (laughs) so better to have it not need it than to need it and not have it well that's the thing and actually the one i brought tonight is a it's a 95 uh chevy short bed you know two-wheel drive lowered on 15 inch voids and actually it's a little bit of a tribute truck and uh, i had dennis reckliffs uh, do hot rods by boyd on the tailgate and uh you know so but the the green truck uh, patina 10 we call that truck um i bought that five years ago and it's original paint truck bought it from the original owner and uh first i thought it was really ugly and then we decided that we were going to do it and you know the thing with that truck is that it's not um, Stevie and I were talking about this on the way here, and we're not going to offend anybody, but there's no LS and there's no airbags. It's and, old school, um, baby. <laughs> no, you know that's, and, that's totally cool. But I drive two short beds in both of them, stock motors. I mean, look at how many guys are still driving flatheads and, and loving it, and they're making more and more parts just for flathead Fords. People love the old stuff still. It's yeah. not going away. No. Well, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't go out of style, and and you know you can drive you can drive it and enjoy it and it's easy to work on and it's cheap and the thing for me there's no electronics but my big thing is there's no plastic you know when you open the hood you've got you know you can actually see the engine you can see there's not a lot of wiring it's easy to hide the wiring so like we're not against ls's or anything like that you know like we've we've got them in cars we're building at the shop right now but you know on on my own stuff i kind of try to stay old school and then you know everybody likes you know 15 inch voids on the on the 95 yeah right you know and like it just looks good yeah i i when i got my uh my 92 gmc it had the 15 inch tripans on it but i just you know it wasn't long before i drove around for a little bit on there yeah uh but then went to 20 inch yeah right (laughs) you know and then uh i don't know i i'm i got a new set of wheels going for my red truck so hopefully new year's a little right after new year's i'm gonna do some deuce ninjas on there that's cool yeah 
I, I, noticed, I noticed with wheels with wheel styling trend, this seems to be everybody kind of went off in a, in a certain direction that hadn't been done. You know, I'm, I'm trying to avoid using the word high tech because it's, it's not quite, you know, where I'm going with this. But they went so far down that road and now they want to bring back the classic look, but upsized, you know, and, and maybe a, sure. a, a different, you know, a tweak on it. And it, it, because those are classic designs that will never go out of style, yet they're enjoying the larger sizes because they, they want to have, have the bigger brakes, you know, the, you know, uh, different suspension capability and all that as opposed to the old stuff. And yet they want that classic look that their dad uh, enjoyed. So, Well, yeah, and, and, you know, at the time, you know, when these trucks were around, I mean, 17-inch, and then, you know, by the time the 98 98- body style stopped then you had i mean you had 18 inch out there going into 20s sure yeah right but i mean before that it was 15 and you know i don't think i mean for it's amazing i mean i think there were some brake kits back then uh, you know but it was mostly just around lowering it let's just lower it put some wheels on it and go but that is a horrible stopping vehicle yeah it is horrible <laughs> you know and and uh when i upgraded the brakes i had to go to 20 inch because az pro performance that did that kit with bear you had to go to a 20 inch wheel, but it stops amazing now. Yeah. Amazing. So we're talking to them about, cause you know, some of us guys would like to see some 18 inch wheels on there. I might so, go all rogue and go 17, 18. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're talking about, about having them do that kit or do another kit with a different bracket. So you can fit 18 inch wheels in there because yeah. that's like a lot of guys like us. We, we want to upgrade the brakes, but eh, I don't know, you know, going to the bigger wheels may not be the best option. I totally agree. Yeah, I see guys that, that do the um, the look where they, it's trying to look like a steely, you know, with the small hubcap and the wheel. And if the if that wheel design is too large, you tend to lose something in the in in the in the process um, it, because there's there's so much. Um, how can I put this? Um, so much distance between the center of the wheel and the and the rim. Yes. Whereas. On a, on a traditional steel 16, 17-inch wheel or whatever, that's fine. You don't have that much real estate. But when you start getting really large and trying to maintain that look, to me, at least upsize the design of the hubcap so everything stays in proportion to the look that you're trying to go after. Yeah, and, and we have that situation when you're deal, dealing with a covered luck wheel, when mm-hmm. you're dealing with some kind of hubcap wheel. Right. You know, when you're, when you're machining everything, then you have that, you know. You got then, that option. And you, you have that option, and you can scale everything accordingly. But, you know, it's always someone trying to do, like, the, oh, let's just take this existing cap, and let's just go with a bigger wheel. Right. And, you know, to do it the right, work do it the right way, you have to really design everything right. together. Right. Yeah. right. So sp- let's talk about design. Let's, let's you know what, this, uh, this is really the first time I've really sat down and talked with you. you know? Oh, lucky you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, and, and Steve, I, you know, you're, you're – just you have a long history and we've only i don't know if you know we've crossed paths our family has crossed paths we, we talk about like the the astrovan yeah right yeah so give us a little background on you and your design history well i mean i'm I, i'm really lucky in as far as this goes i did i couldn't afford to go to art center i didn't grow up around guys that were actually wrenching on cars so it wasn't like i had you know, I, I, I used, I love, you know, looking at photos of guys with their kid, you know, and the guy's like in a stroller and then he's holding a wrench. I never had that opportunity. And it wasn't until I went in the Air Force and finally managed to get in a somewhat mechanical field that I started meeting guys on base that were, that were messing around with the car thing. So I kind of piggybacked on what they were doing. And being an artist, obviously I couldn't twirl a wrench or hold a torch, but I could paint. And that's when I learned how to pinstripe. And I thought that's my way into hot riding, you know, because it's... 
with no disrespect to 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 the you know the mechanics and you know and, and the fabricators and stuff, but there's a lot of those guys out there. But there's not a lot of really good artists, and especially when I was when I was coming up in the '70s, there was like none. So everywhere I went, I was like the only guy in town, or at least one other guy. And where did you grow up? I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I went. Uh, and I went in the Air Force for uh, for four years, and I ended up in Utah. And when I, that's where I got um, uh, discharged, and I that's when I finally met some some down to earth hot rod guys that took me in, and they saw that I could paint. So I worked in a van shop for a while and was, was doing the whole airbrush mural thing up there. I mean, it was it was a blast because those are the days when nobody would tell you what to do. It's a, oh, they just turn you loose, you know. And so through all that experience and, and just meeting people, and again, it's not what you know, it's it's who you know in some cases. Yeah. That's what laid the bedrock for me to finally move to California because the guy I knew in Utah was friends uh, with a, a Wild Bill Carter, you know, the custom painter. In fact, they ran a top fuel car together. So he says, hey, next time you go down and visit L.A., you know, I said, look up Billy Carter for me. And so Bill, I, I took my portfolio with me, showed him, and everything just kind of took off. Finally, the, the the last major step that occurred was in 82, uh, um, John Bechtel, who used to be the uh, tech editor for CarCraft magazine, uh, he saw what I was doing, and we, and we talked. And um, they had the CarCraft Camaro, one of their projects that they were working on at the time, in there for some touch-up. So they asked if I would paint the, the CarCraft logo back on where, you know, where it used to be on the hood. And I said, sure. From that little beginning, uh, Bechtel hooked me up with uh, J.R. Martinez, who was the art director at the time. He says, go down there and you know, tell, tell them we sent you and stuff. And so J.R. and I clicked immediately, and, and he, li- he liked what I was doing. And I managed to uh, do the first Sketchpad uh, 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 article for those guys. It, they were doing a series at the time called Cars of the Stars. And I drew Richard Tharp supposedly had a square bodied pickup and I had his logo on the back with the candies and hues and all that. It, it, it turned out pretty, you know, pretty good. So I did a couple other things for car craft and that, but unbeknownst to me, this is, this is, this is back when they used to, um, how can I put this? They used to, they used to do a thing called, um, uh, uh, high risers. And, um, yeah, just hold, hold there. Your yeah. Microphone. Okay. <laughs> all right. Anyway, they had, yeah, they used, to, they used to do a feature called High Risers, and they were spotlighting uh, industry notables on, on their way up. But the, the cool thing about it was they never told you they were going to do it until it showed up in print. Oh, nice. And, oh, yeah, I was like, you know, the, the, the stamp of approval back, after back that. Back in the day when they showed up in print. So. Yeah, oh, no, dude, hey. that's when print was huge, you know? Well, now it's like the internet, everybody can't keep a secret. <laughs> no, you know? and that was, I <laughs> know, that's kind of a blessing and a curse, you know? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. If you want to get your stuff out there, yeah, absolutely, it's a blessing. But if you're trying to you know, do something on it's the side. It's hard to keep a secret these you know? days. But, anyway, but since, anyway, since that since that high riser feature, that's when the doors began to open. Uh, industry notables took note of what I was doing. And, especially drag racers i mean those guys anybody who's got the speed secret for that week they they all want it so next thing you know they're all beating down my door looking for paint designs and you know when you start dealing with the likes of don Prudhomme and shirley Muldowney and joe joe paisano and all those heavyweights oh yeah that's that that was like the stamp of approval like i said so so when did you move to california i moved to california in 1980 oh okay yeah so and then it was just one thing after another after that well, and the car industry's changed here. The, you oh, know, the God. hot rodding, right? I mean, the 80s, starting in the 80s, going just 80s through the 90s was just the mecca of hot rodding here. Well, and I think the, the big reason for that was Hot Rods by Boyd and Tom Taylor. 
because yeah. they introduced a whole complete new professional look. The the cars were finished to a very high standard. And all of a sudden, it was a game changer. It was no longer just a guy in his garage, you know, screwing something together. There's, and even even the, the shop presentation that that, that boy did, er, er, this is something that this is unheard of. Nobody's ever seen that before. Yeah, and you, you know what? Um, and something I just kind of recently thought about was the, you know, when you're when you're you know on on, on the big three, you know, the, you know with with GM and oh, yeah. whoever it is with, with the major manufacturers, mm-hmm. they had their design department. Right, right. They, they have the renderings, and they have different angles, and just they have meetings about it and all this stuff. It was kind of like with Tom, with Tom, mm-hmm. my dad, you know, hiring Tom. Let's visualize this car. Let's plan this out. Right. And it's like, like you said, hot riding before. Ah, let's just get in the garage, let's slam this thing together before. But then this was thought out. It was like, no, it's- I got a vision. Tom, we're gonna work together, and you know what? what you're gonna put it on paper. I'm gonna build it in metal. Well, the, the the comparison I like to use is, is like you're, you're either building a house or maybe a high rise or something, and for the amount of money and effort and, and and everything that's on the line, you want to make sure that everybody's on board. You know, with everybody can see the vision, and that's that's where Tom's contribution came in. And in his case, he came up with some really unique and cool ideas that nobody else was doing. And so I, I he gets a huge amount of credit for for being one of the instigators of of that whole look, and it completely changed things around. You're oh, right. for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, some of my earliest memories are, uh, you know, my dad and Tom Taylor, and then when they were doing the the Vern Luce Coupe. I mean, oh yeah. So I mean, I was a little little kid, but I mean, looking, I mean, that was something I saw every day in my life. How would it be? And and, and, and then you know, I mean, you know, it it was like Tom Taylor was just this goofy young guy with a mullet that might, you know, everybody always just came from work for International Harvester. Yeah, yeah, you know, and everybody would always rib, give a hard time, but he, you know. But it was cool what he was doing. And right. it was like seeing this. And then that's when I first, I mean, as a young kid, I always heard of Art Center. Art Center Pasadena, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, what is this place, right? And then, I mean, I remember going up there and visiting it as a, you know, a teenager and a young adult. Um, and, you know, so for, like your formal training of with art, because you do... You know, you do kind of have that art center. I hope <laughs> I love, no, I love it when t- people. I love when people say that. And, and, okay, and you I know do what you have that say. look. Well, see, and, this, and, and I mean, I know that some people. Uh, you know, I I know that art center people sometimes, uh, you know, are given a hard time. Maybe they're too cookie cutter because I know you have a teacher that says you oh, got to yeah. do this a certain way. Right. And you know it's, that way works for certain things. Right. But um, and, and you can tell art center people from their their drawings and their renderings but you have that style but you it's not it's I, the reason it's your I, own version of that the style. reason i'm giggling is because i cheated now yeah. and knowing that i, I couldn't afford it you know any art school <laughs> yet i says okay look why is this look so popular with the professionals why is it that this is the look that detroit wants this is the language that they understand and i thought if i want to get professional clients i need to study hard and and figure out how how can i make my drawings look like that instead of just amateur stuff done on a kitchen table which no disrespect to those guys but i'm like wait a minute i, I want i want to you know work for people that's actually got some money and can pay the bills here you know <laughs> right? it's 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 okay to do stuff for friends and all that and and you know and i'll still continue to do that but i thought if i can get my work to look like i came out of art center so i knew i hit the success formula you know, when people they were they started asking not, you know, did I go to, uh, you know, to, to Art Center, but, you know, I mean, but they were, they were, they already assumed that I went to Art Center and, and I, you know, I, and they didn't even 
it never occurred to him that I was doing this stuff on my own. That's why I say I cheated, but it worked. And keeping that design uh, uh, philosophy and, and the look in mind allowed me to develop it further so that when I was working with more and more professionals, I'm, I'm speaking their language. They know I'm on the same floor with them. The cool thing about all this and what I'm leading up to is that this look, and the reason I brought up Tom in the first place, he brought a professional look to the whole idea of, of building hot rod. For sure. And see, so now guys were looking at these at these machines in a completely different way. And all of a sudden, all these innovative ideas, you know, I mean, you know, you get guys also like, say like Posey's, for instance, he, you know, he put his own spin on it. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, 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 Lil John Butera and, and Boyd had already been going down this road. But now the rank and file hot rodders started coming, you know, like, say, Prior Lake, Minnesota. Who had ever heard of that before Fleury came along, right? With... But that's that's the thing, and that's why you say it, it it's it's changed on its on its you know on its on its head, you know, since those early days. So. Yeah, and it's also created a lot of opportunity too for a lot of new designers. Absolutely, to come into the industry. they got encouraged. Yeah, for sure. You know, no, I think it's. I'm feeling old because I talked to a lot of these younger guys. Like, <laughs> right? Oh man, I remember when I was a kid growing up, and I looked at your stuff in the magazines, and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> I guess I am getting that old. <laughs> Well, it's just like people, like we talk about, uh, I run into people all the time that watch American Hot Rod, and they're like, oh, when I was a kid, right? and I'm, I'm talking to a 28-year-old guy, hey, when I was a kid, man, I loved that show, and I'm like, kind of humbling. I'm like, I'm like well, you know what? I'm, I'm like thinking, I'm all, yeah, you. that's right, you were probably in middle school going into high school, you know? It's been some time. Yeah, well, you know? well, on my YouTube video, uh, they, they did a profile of me a while back from, from E-Garage, and we called it I'm Still That Kid because that was one of my quotes in the, <laughs> in the production. So it kind of it stuck. <laughs> but I hope to never lose that childlike enthusiasm. I think because right. it, open, it opens you up to new ideas and fresh ideas, and you keep you, going. And you know what? That's the biggest. You have, to, you have to have a mentality every day that you have something to learn. Yes. You do. You have to have – you know what? Um, I, I, I watch a lot of UFC and – and, and a lot of the MMA and stuff, and they, uh, you know, they talk about just having that like white belt, white belt mentality. If, even though you're a black belt and whatever your trade is, whatever your martial art is, you had to have that white belt mentality. That's that right. You're, you're in every day to learn. That's a good way of putting it. And right. you know, and and we've all seen different artists and designers kind of close off their mind and shut everybody out and just go, no, that sucks. I'm not doing that. And they get, in, and it's just like, oh. Okay. Well, well, real yeah. quick, Steve, we, we just met tonight, and mm -hmm. uh, my background, I'm a graphic artist, uh, video production artist, you know, motion, motion, my forte is motion graphics. Sure. And, like, I just want to expand on what Chris is saying, is, like, I, I'm, every day I'm still looking at stuff to get inspired by. Absolutely. Um, and it comes from all over. It does. It, no, it could come from, like, going to, like, because I'm not a car guy, <laughs> but every year there's a, a car show here in Old Town Orange. And I take photos of all the hot rods, sure, because I feel like the color combinations are so fucking out there that these color theories are being pushed so far in these different directions, and it makes it look awesome. I can't wait. To like, oh, next time I have a rad project, I'm going to use that color palette. See, for you, this this experience is just like going through an art museum. You're looking at exactly the exactly. same way. You're getting that kind of stimuli and and filing away the information for future use. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter where you get inspired from, it, as long as you stay inspired. And, yes, and, and just. Keep it going because I mean you, you say you're old, but I could, man, you are such a young <laughs> spirit right now. The it's world's just... oldest teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I love it, man. Your your enthusiasm, your energy is 
is radical. Dude. Well, that's been coming across too on Art You Can Drive. I mean, people have seen the really re- respond to the fact that we're into it. I mean, Mark and I are basically we're cheerleaders, yeah. you know, and and we're having fun doing this, and we want to. We like everybody likes a party. Everybody likes a good time, and you know, the people talk about like the life of the party. Well, I want Art You Can Drive to be that life of the party. I want I want to bring everybody in. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I watched all the episodes and the the, the Corvette one. The, I guess that was your first episode. Yeah, that was yeah. the first one. where you guys start uh, opening the, the the motor and and start talking about like the manifold with like the Corvette vet on there and mm-hmm. how romantic it looks dude i can just tell where you guys heart is at you know well, we're taking a different look at cars you know like we both love cars and we love all kinds of cars like we're not tunnel visioned into i only like trucks i only like camaros i don't like mustangs right like when we you know because there's a difference between appreciating something and owning something you know like, like there's like cars that i wouldn't own but i look at it and i think wow that's a bitching car but the whole point of what we're trying to do is we don't want to talk about facts and figures and horsepower numbers and everything. You, that that information is readily available. Yeah, to everybody anybody, knows that. Anybody, you can go find that yeah. anywhere you want on the internet. What it's more about is what it's like to own that car and drive that car. Because at the end of the day, you buy and drive something because that's what you feel comfortable in and what you want to drive. Yeah, you you mentioned taking that car on a Sunday afternoon drive with the top down and just everybody's going to be looking at you. That's the thing. And if that's what you're looking for, then you're pretty much going to be assured to see somebody in a red 67 Corvette driving yeah. down PCH. Right. Yeah. And, and like you said, uh, Prince, you know, wrote a song about a red. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So it's, it's, it's that iconic. Well, on Beach Boys with Little Deuce Coop. I mean, see, this is the thing. This is this dovetails into why Mark and I were both tran- California transplants, you know, for, for a number of years. But it was that whole lure of coming to California, being in a cool car, getting there, getting all the thumbs up and, you know, chicks dig it, right. you know, yeah. just that, that's fun. the reason why I'm into this stuff. You know, that's what's so bitching about it. Well, no. a lot of these cars, like in all honesty, like, are they fun to drive or easy to drive? Not really. You yeah, know, some like, of them aren't. Some of them, aren't. some of them look totally cool, but and they're not fun to drive. Yeah, some right? dodgy engineering in some cases. Yeah, like, you know, you get to a restaurant and you're worn out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. That's no, a cool concept. I like I like the idea of the show because like the reason we we've put this podcast together. I've been talking about it for a long time and you know, I want to talk to guys like you and just the information I don't already have, you know? I mean, I'm look, the whole thing of this is I, I'm the son of Boy Coddington, but I I don't know that much about cars really. I know you Should real, I bow Junior Fleck or Curtsy? What's that? <laughs> Should yeah. I bow Junior Fleck or Curtsy? We're throwing rose petals on the way out. That's how we exactly. end every podcast. None, none exactly. of that. None of that. Be, in the presence of royalty here. No, but but you know, like like Steve's totally totally not a car guy. So like we're doing we're doing this to have a good conversation and document this stuff and and, and to learn too. Sure. You know, um, it's. Now, you guys are the guys that have been out here doing it for years. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of people that are up and coming look up to what you guys are doing. And it's rad that you guys are showcasing that more with the Art You Could Drive right. um, you know, series that's coming out. That just gets people more inspired and give fired up on, on well it's it's reassuring is what you're what you're looking for people want to know that exactly. they, they're, they're doing the right thing and they're doing a fun thing and it's hip and it's cool and always it always will be yeah because even in in this strip right here where the hot rods by boy uh headquarters is mm-hmm. there's a couple i, I want to call them kids what because there are two of them in high school that but they're so fucking enthusiastic about oh yeah what's going on yeah here. i mean we're they're just clued in yeah we're just trying to f- Dude, that's the biggest thing is if we can get anybody that anybody that comes over here that's like, hey, look, I want a job. It's like, yeah, but you know, are you interested in what we're doing? Right, right. Are you are you into cars? And it's like, yeah. are you into uh, you know understanding that 
you're not going to jump in and do the job that you ultimately want to do. Right. right? You, you're going to learn it from the bottom up. Yeah, this ain't a placeholder. Yeah, no, no. And, and it's, like, it's like... You want guys that are all in. Yeah, are you all in? And you want to learn it from the nuts and bolts of this thing. Like the rest of us learned it, right? Yeah. So, you know, exactly. Yeah. Like we <laughs> talked about, like the wheels on, on Mark's truck, I, pro- I might have machined the flutes into those wheels. We used to make those by the thousands, right? And I remember when I was 15, I would go to I would go to school, go home, do my homework, and then my mom would drop me off. I think probably at four o'clock at the shop, and I'd go in the machine shop and they'd set that machine up. And, and you know, it was a very just just you know repetitive job. Yeah, but you were learning responsibility too, though. No, I I was I was, but I mean, looking back <laughs> as far as that job, <laughs> you know, uh, putting the flutes and those things, you pull the part out, put the next one in, and but you know what. I worked my way around the whole shop sure. and, and I ultimately learned, you know, 90% of it. There's a, a few little jobs that I haven't done only cause I didn't want to do them. Right? <laughs> you know, polishing. Like, like, like polishing. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do, I do some very minor polishing in just case of an emergency. Yeah. Like right. I, I, I'll step up. Right. But you yeah. know, that and programming machines other than that. Yeah. I, you know. I've had to step, step in a couple of times, do some polishing on, on a rim or two. And yeah. And they, I've had to step in right after you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had to, I've had to like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll take it from here. Steve. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but that, that just goes to show. And I was on it for like 10, 15 minutes and like, no, it's no, not that's not even close. Well, really. and you know what? It's throw the so wheel out. But, but now, now, I'm, now I'm a lot better. Now I know. Now I know what to look for. Now you, you've taught me the, like the the proper. We're well, working on it. It's a work in progress. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Still, well, still not the car guy. Yeah. Hey, Mark. Uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about your background, and then leading up to where here you guys are together with yeah, this and so, that was an accident that was an, well yeah not really well <laughs> so, well I, you know most people know i'm canadian and so i was born and raised in how booked that it's amazing <laughs> steve's been waiting to say that for about a week <laughs> well the whole time we're filming you never did oh, that oh no i got respect <laughs> yeah somewhat but <laughs> you know like for me i like i i was trained um like I learned to paint from my dad and he painted out of necessity because he did all his own work on his own cars and he built his own houses. He was a construction electrician by trade and he taught me how to paint cars. And so I just never did anything else. You know, like it, it was just like, there was never a thought in my mind that I'm going to go do something else. So, but being in Canada and the hot rod market there is obviously quite limited basically due to the fact that you have three months of summer. Ontario, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Okay. And I grew up in Bruce Mines, which is a really small town. And, you know, so, but when I got old enough to drive, we'd go to Detroit, to Autorama. Yeah. And, you know, so over the years, like I, I worked in body shops and then we ended up owning body shops and, and in Canada, I'm what you call a licensed collision repair refinisher. So, I learned that end of it and then kind of just took it all and turned it into hot rods. But I remember when I went to Detroit Autorama, that's where I met Boyd. And, and now, what, what, what year is this? That would have been late 80s, somewhere okay. in there. And uh, so it was just kind of, uh, you know, and the thing was to me, reading Hot Rod Magazine and seeing the articles come out and everything was the only thing that we 
It's the only thing we had. The life, there's no internet. It's the only anything. lifeline that you had. Yeah, right. there's there's no car shows on TV. There's no internet. There's no nothing, right? So you wait for Hot Rod Magazine to come and like, oh, there's an article yeah. on Boyd's. And, and I can remember I just, they had, um, actually, you might know what year it is better because it was um, Boyd Air. They had Boyd Air. I think it was that year's Bo- Boyd Air. But Boyd Air would have been about 96, six, 97, 96. But they had the Transports Boyd Air. And I can't remember exactly what else was there. And he was there, and I just went up and introduced myself and and talked to him, you know. And and the thing was, it was just like it was this unbelievable moment because it was because, there's your hero right in the flesh. Yeah, like, it's like you know, I, like you know, the day before you're you're 300 miles away looking at it in a hot rod magazine, and now you're standing there talking to him. And from that day, we always talked to each other. And so then, as I got older and everything, you know, you get married and you have kids and. You know, life goes on, and I got to a point where it was going to be realistic to start coming down here. So I started coming to California in 2004, and so we would come down and go to your dad's. Yeah, when we were in La Habra there. When we were in La Habra, and uh, so, you know, and he kept, like, I always remember, too, one, one day I was just, you know, I'm just sitting at home on a Sunday afternoon, and the phone rings, and I'm like, who's calling me? And it's like, it's Boyd, like, you know, like, he wants me to come to work, and, you know, and I'm like... You know, like there was, you know, really, this is happening, you know? <laughs> and so we would come, I would come down and work and, and, uh, you know, in the first time, couple of times in all honesty, we came down here, it was a little bit intimidating because you come from a small town and, and, you know, you're driving on the 405 or the 22 or oh, yeah. even Beach Boulevard at the time. And actually, you know, you rewind. If you're to, not ready for it, it'll, it's, it'll eat you up. It's a different experience. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and really like Beach Boulevard for, you know. Like, that was like the, free, oh, that's the 405 nice. freeway. Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> Beach but Boulevard's from, nice. Yeah. Now, but from La Habra to, to PCH in 2005, there were some pretty sketchy areas there. Yeah. You know. Well, so, well that's it, a it long. It takes forever to That's get a there. long drive. Yeah, that's, it is. That's but but there's drive. no way really to do it other than Beach Boulevard because you're going to go oh, east what, or west. Where were you at, Huntington? Yeah. Yeah, so from Huntington to La Habra, you have to do that. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. So, you know, we came down, the first couple of times we came down, and it was like, yeah, you know, this might not be for us. And and uh, then we finally. You know, you didn't have to stay down by the beach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you, know you, you could have been closer to La Habra. There's yeah, some nice areas of Well, there. I did do that. I actually rented a, a little condo a mile from the shop. And the last time okay. that I was when I was working for your dad, and it was a, exactly a mile, and um, and I stayed there. Where was that at? It was down, not this, uh, not the towards the Home Depot. It was the other way. And okay. It was on the right hand side. I can't remember the oh, name that's of it now. Now that's sketchy. See, <laughs> no, that's <laughs> a sketchy area yeah. right there. But it, you know, and, and so I did that, and and we stayed there, and then we went back to Canada again, and uh, we decided we're coming down here for good. You know, like we're going to come down here and and um and work for boyd and, and and unfortunately that was december of 2008 you know which was like you know it's it's the it's the worst it was the worst thing to ever happen that was you know december Dece- yeah that was december 2008 yeah you know because the last day i saw boyd was christmas eve and we were leaving the shop and he's like you know have a merry christmas and and uh you know, and we'll see you in the new year. And yeah, and then shortly, then he he had his little fall, and then he was in the hospital from like New Year's, and then so that was actually December two thousand seven. Yeah, sorry, two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Oh, December two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And right. and then yeah, and then 
Um, yeah, that's what going into 2008. Sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So then, yeah, he never. Because I've been out. here ten years now. Oh, okay. This yeah, is ten years. Because he, right then he, he never came out of the hospital. No, and I talked to him once when he was in the hospital, and he was going to be out. He thought he was going to be released on the Thursday for the car show, and he said he got to come up to the car show, and I went and uh, at the shop, and uh, and he, you know obviously wasn't there, and you know, and, and for me it was devastating because it was you know like we had spent all this time. You know, and, and like you think about a lot of people don't really understand what we did. Like, you know, like I had a really good job and my wife had a really good job and we just packed up and left. Yeah, but you have you to know? go all in if you want to. Yeah. Pursue yeah. that. Don't. Oh, no. Right. And, you know? and, 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 you know, uh, it, it, first of all, it's tough. I've watched it my whole life. I've watched my dad hire really talented guys from everywhere other than California. Yeah. And they get here and they're like, whoa, it's just from how much rent is for a little apartment to yeah. just every expense. It's intimidating. It, it, and, and, and even if the money was there, the, just the, the the traffic and the commutes and well, just the pace of life. A different type of pressure. Well, yeah. It's a, different, it's a different thing because, you know, the other, there, there's a bigger item here that, that you guys, you know, you, you might not recognize right away is that when you come from a small place, you, like you're only as good as your word and you're only as good as what you do. Mm -hmm. So you strive to, you know, well, you, you, you try to do the best you can with everything because, you know, I ran body shops and I owned body shops. So, you know, a guy would come in and you'd be like, Oh, he worked over there. He's no good. You know? Yeah. And that, you know, and that was the thing. Well, when I came here, that's the thing that I've, I've really noticed here is that it's really difficult to build up relationships with people and, you know, people are here and then they're gone or they're never, you know, they moved here from somewhere else too. And then they go back. Like, you know, there's a lot of transient people in our lives, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it's probably a little different for you growing up here in this area that, you know, we're in today, which is great, you know? And, but that's the thing with Steve and I, like, you know, when I moved here, I wanted to, you know, one of the things I wanted to do was meet Steve and, so I went to I mean, you got to raise your standards. <laughs> the one, well, the I one, mean, come on, the one thing <laughs> you were the one thing because <laughs> well, I was already at Boyd's. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so exactly. then the, the, the so one sort of an addendum. The one thing left thing, was to meet you. Left, I got to meet yeah. Steve Stanford. And he, I, was, he, he was, I, was, I was a cul de sac, in other words. Yeah, he was very easy to find because <laughs> I went to California Street Rods, you know, and I'd been there too, obviously. And those, and again, a bunch of great guys, Chuck Sr., Chuck Jr., and you know, I owe a lot of, of um, uh, to those two to those two guys in Southern California because, you know, when when Boyd passed and we had uh, the only way I could stay in the country was to open my own shop because I'm not a doctor. I don't have any. I don't have a BA in anything. Yeah. Or, you know. So you know, and we do a lot of BS, but that's well, about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they had a visa, I, I could that. have a BA in <laughs> BS. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they need a new visa category for that because yeah. we'd be all set. You know, and so those guys have afraid of date. Yes. Yeah, the afraid at eight. Yeah. Is the train that is brought to oh, you yeah. by uh, Hot Rods by Boyd Shine Sauce and Shine Sauce and Old Town Orange. Old Town Orange. <laughs> yeah. That's the second time I've seen the train. Yeah. yeah, can I interrupt your train of thought? Well, oh, wow. Uh, Steve Stanford, hey. ladies and gentlemen. He's on fire tonight. Yeah, that's funny. Well, that, that was a short one because uh, we'll get the big, big, heavy one that comes in about, runs about 10, 10 minutes like or more. the building. Yeah, yeah for that's sure. That's funny. It, it, twer it twerks the building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a slow stage twerk. You're right. <laughs> Uh, where were we? Where oh, were we? Yeah, so <laughs> I, I go to California Street Rods to find Steve, and and um, and I roll in there, and 
and he's striping uh, the blue roadster for John Buck for the roadster show. And, you know, and he was under the gun because it, I think the roadster show was like in a couple days or the, yeah, exactly. the next day or something the car had to go. And yeah, but the pinstripers always last on the list, right? Last, right. He was striping <laughs> that. And, you know, that building was full of GM concept cars and it was pretty cool. And, and that, and uh, ever since then, we've always, you know, we ultimately the funny part about that is that we ended up in that building and that's where we were for nine of the 10 years I've been here. We're in a new building now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and Steve was in the building with us and, you know, and it was just great, you know, like it's just amazing because, you know, I admire his, his work so much and, and we're, but we're on the same page. Like, you know, yeah, we, we like everything. We like everything, but also when he draws something like when he, like Steve's the master of putting two things together or three things together that in your mind, you like, you're not going to come up with that. You know, you're like, put the, like who puts a bubble top roof on a Camaro? Like, <laughs> you know, well, Steve, you know, <laughs> like I saw some of your drawings for the Astro that, that I think we looked at the other day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Dude, was the one, the one thing you did for my dad, right? The yeah, one, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was so sick, though. I'd never seen Astro look that bad ass. <laughs> yeah. Well, and plus the Astros was just beginning to become a thing. So, well, I think the the minivan at that point was just becoming a thing, right? Like that right. was like yeah. the inception yeah. of like the minivan, yeah. like the right, but late eighties, yeah. early nineties. Yeah. yeah. So if you were into just the the whole lower truck thing, but you wanted a van, you got an Astro van. Absolutely, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, that's what you did. That was, that so, was hood uh, sanctioned, uh, good, good, you know, good vehicle. That's like <laughs> the, the the hood and the barrio. Are, no, are the way, no, 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 no. Oh, I, I, I was I, driven I had by a lot of rel- relatives that had Astros. Uh, yeah, but before that, re- re- very respectable people drove those things around Orange County. <laughs> oh, here, we LA. here we hey, go. Here we go. Trader Tim had a nice one. The red one. Yeah, yeah. No, There's there was one. some There's cool. Right there was some cool. Yeah, and you know what? Mike still has one that we uh, we did for Wheel City mm-hmm. out in Corona that they put tons of miles on, and he got that. But let's talk about let's Steve. Let's talk about some of your creations that actually went from paper to metal. Which yeah, one? I, I have I have my favorite. Oh yeah. Okay, I have my favorite. Now go ahead. You it would. Well, it's it's like the bit about you know which one's your favorite child. I mean, because right it, exactly. I mean, you know, the it, same question it, was it, asked to my dad, and he said the same thing. It's like it, asking which is your favorite. Child. Well, because you put so much into everything you do, hopefully, and you want it to all come out right, and this has been one project after another. Um, the one, the one thing that we always keep bringing up is is the whole Eleanor Mustang phenomenon. Who knew that that took off the way it it did? I mean, it became yeah. an industry in itself. Um, the guys that, that uh, the producers of that movie, they said your name kept coming up. Who's the Steve Stanford guy? He just everybody we talked to, right? So they came to me, and I wanted to do something that was real world. I didn't want to do another movie car cartoon you know which is the way most of them were but they do that because they're props and special effects in the grand scheme of things but i wanted something believable you know i wanted somebody to to think that this 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 band of robbers and ne'er-do-wells and whatever was legit you know and they and they wouldn't be seen in in something that that wasn't for real and so that was that was the impetus for for that particular design now keeping keeping it Oh, keep going. Don't okay. worry about the train. We, right. we, don't, we, don't, right. we don't worry about the train. It's part of the appeal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the ambiance. Yeah, ambiance. Sound effects. There we go. Exactly. There's a Foley artist out there that's working overtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, but in but in short, I mean, the, that that Mustang was was just uh, we were just trying to, to to solve a problem and have some fun and make something cool. 
But nobody, none of us realized that people were going to take to it just the way they did. In fact, I saw one survey they were saying it was one of the top movie cards of you know of all time. Or uh, oh, I, I bet. Yeah, I know, right? You know, yeah. it's kind of a pretty high accolade. But no, I mean, there's been all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, I've done a couple things there for Billy Gibbons and you know ZZ Top, and he you know he turned into a good friend. And um, you know, like the uh, the Copperhead, for instance, uh, you know the Fifty Ford. Um, I did a bike, a Harley Davidson called Holy Roller, and the whole thing was just drilled full of holes. It was such a nasty project; it was incredible. <laughs> you know, but just things like that. I mean, it, you know, there's been all the countless uh, drag race cars that I designed uh, the paint schemes for, and you know, and to see these things actually come to life, it's a real thrill. Yeah, you know, um, my favorite is the Sports Roof Impala. I had so much fun, and that was a goof. Yeah. You that know, was that was just a I mean, one-off. It, it was. I, I came across it because we had done a, a lot of work with uh, Barry Penfound, like, oh, yeah. building wheels for him. And he, um, when we went to American Racing, he hit me up and he mm-hmm. says, "Look, this is what I'm doing." Mm-hmm. And he says, "I know you're an American now." He goes, "I kind of want to put Americans on it." I go, "No, that's totally cool." Sure. So we we put Americans on it. He was in our booth at American Racing mm-hmm. with uh, you know Torque Thrust Originals on it. Sure. And what's cool. That's what's totally cool about cars. I love cars like that that are just like you look at it and you go. I know there's something many, going many, on here. How many did they build of those? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And you, and you're, you know, because it had what a sixty Plymouth roof on it. Yeah, Dodge and Plymouth sixty sixty one. They're same. They were same roof. Yeah. And you look at it, and I had people come up to me and go, "Wow, did Chevy make that?" Like, like, like. <laughs> oh yeah, they'll walk by the it best. and then they'll they'll. they'll Stop! <laughs> Come back. No, that's like as a designer, that's the best compliment you can have for a re- to make it look like a, to, to restyling that something that's already are already an iconic American car, right? It's it's like no, that's well, well, that's there, a great look because it's so subtle. It's not there's it's not it's just well. Like, and then so recently, I, I did a, a blue '64 Impala SS with a '66 Caprice roof on it. Oh really? Oh yeah, it's 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 on my uh, uh on my on my Facebook page. But yeah, and again, people see. Wait a minute. That's yeah, so- yeah, right? Yeah. It just makes you look and you go, yeah. It, and and that's where, like, you know, I'm not the, you know, I'm not the most knowledgeable on a lot of those models, but you look at that and you go, no, no. Yeah. You can, you there's can. something happening. No, here. no, no. There's something going on <laughs> here. See, that's why I, I use that to my advantage because most people are that way. They And I can right? mix and match, you know, whether we're talking grill treatments or roofs or any of that. But it was, it, yeah. it's just, it's, it was like seamless. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's. But that's his. That's his forte that a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, you know, like it's it's the um, what Cat Morris calls my what ifs. Your what ifs. Well, that's <laughs> the thing is what ifs. But like with Steve, it's it is a what if. But the thing is, he comes up with this on his own, and then he just brings it over and shows you. And you're like, holy! Like, where'd you come up with that? Like, how did you come up with? Oh, that? we haven't even talked and, about the style side F100 that's on my drawing well, board right bring now. It up unless you did. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I wasn't going to mention it. No, I'm going to post it on on my page anyway, so people are going to see it. Well, it's the thing, you know. That's the, the other day he comes over and he's like, you know, 56 Ford pickup, but it's not a step side. It's a style side. And <laughs> so you think, think about that wait for a minute. minute. Yeah. Nobody's done that. You're right. Nobody's ever built that. Nice. And why not? Yeah, you know, so I can't wait to see what he comes up with. I haven't seen it. He hasn't let me see it yet, but you know, but the thing with Steve is that he he envisions these things, and I just am baffled. I don't know how he gets there. I, I don't either. To be honest with you, it just comes from out of nowhere, and 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 it drives me. If the idea is cool enough, and it drives me nuts, I have to literally stop whatever I'm working on and at least get the comp sketch scribbled out so I can figure it out on paper. You know, 
And then sometimes I, I just keep going and it ends up with a finished drawing when I should have been working on something else. <laughs> but that's the thing was, you know, he's not just a, a an artist. Like he's, he's a legitimate designer. Well, conceptualist, I think. Conceptualist is, yeah. is a good word. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. You know, because think about our industry right now that we're in, like the car industry, and, and think about other people and try and think of somebody that can do that. I mean, there's a lot of auto illustrators and painters and that sort of thing, but they're generally doing portraits, you know, yeah. uh, stock renditions and to varying degrees of whatever their talent will allow. And that's cool. But I mean, you mentioned Brockmeyer again. He's he's a, a, a another conceptualist. And, you know, but guys like that, you know, well, we're kind of feeling far between. Yeah. No, for sure. And, and with Eric, it's just it's one of those things where the, the guy I don't think he's he's ever hit hit a button on a machine or fabricated anything by hand but he's one of those guys where i'm like look this is this is what i want and this is what i want to do and i gotta tell you right out of the gate Mm -hmm. it's already something that you can machine right and we tweak it from there because a lot of times you go this is what i want and this is where we got to work with and then people go and they give you something no 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 i can't do we can't do that so he's already has you know because he came from he was in the boating industry right right and he's had seen things go from design to being built so it's kind of like he's got that knowledge but uh, you can appreciate that because there's so many designers out there i mean that just i mean i, I i've dealt with guys that you know you start at one point and they draw this and you go well what you've drawn and then the measurements you've given me, we can't achieve that. It's going to look like this. And they just stare at you like, well, why not? You know? Yeah. And yeah. Now, so, you know who another good, great conceptualist in that regard was Harry Bradley. And yeah. in fact, he was the first as far as, well, as far as it leaking down to hot rods and stuff, because he loved rods and customs. But he was the first professional designer because at the time he was working uh, for, for, for General Motors Design before he went freelance and, and initiated the whole Hot Wheels design line. But uh, Harry would do these sketchpad articles in, in, like, say, in Rod and Custom or Hot Rod, and he'd break stuff down. I mean, something as simple as, say, a, a, a street rod headlight design, and he'd, he'd break it down with, a, you know, with the lens off and, the, and the, the back of it off and the, and the attachment points and all that. And he'd do these exploded views, and you knew instantly what you know what he was, you know his what his intent was about how to build this particular car or part. You know, so there is a precedent. Yeah, I mean, because that that is a big thing. Because there's a lot of time wasted and a lot of energy wasted when when you just sit there and you just here it is, and it's like I'm so many times people go, hey, look, we did this rendering. It's got your wheels on it, man. We want to buy your wheels, and it's like. Yeah, I can't build that. For, uh, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can build that, but I can't build that to look like that on that car. Right. And, and it's just, you know, so. And then what happens is, right, the whole design changes from there, oh, yeah. right? So yeah. then it's just like, you know, you get these frustrated designers with you, and you're just like, no, I'm, I'm working with the you know, parameters of the build here. You know what I should add within is that coming up the way I did, you know, um, <laughs> to steal a to steal a Steve Martin line, I was born a poor black child, you know? <laughs> the jerk, you know. <laughs> but I'm no jerk. <laughs> the jerk. But the Nave, reason, Naven Johnson, exactly. Right? <laughs> but the but the reason I bring that up is is simply because I grew up in shops. You know, I grew up with with guys that had their their feet on the ground, and they they didn't they were dreamers, but they were they had a practical reality. They didn't have like thousand ton presses to make parts or you know the, the a huge styling studio to to get concepts to. these are guys that are hammering you know metal together in the garages and the basics and coming up from that background and i and i love it that 
grounds you into realizing what are these shops capable of doing. You know, I don't want to come up with the concept that nobody can build because then I failed. The communication is lost between the designer and the builder. If I can think in more practical terms and yet still come up with something really cool, that's where it's at. Then these projects get done. People get inspired. We got something different Absolutely. out there. You know, Absolutely. And, 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 and we mentioned Art Center much earlier. And the only complaint I have against the Art Center ethos is that they're still drawing cartoons as far as I'm concerned. As you know, proportion and, and, and some styling. You know, like the bit about you're looking at a, at a, at a vehicle in profile. Now, here's the wheel. And now you're looking at the surrounding wheel opening. Does it have to touch at the bottom? <laughs> How does the wheel articulate? How do you how do you jack the thing up to get the tire off? That that's a big that's a that is a big problem with with art center stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and and just guys that are trying to just do this conceptual. I, I think some of that stuff's totally cool. I, oh sure, I, I really think it's totally cool. Mm -hmm. But then we're talking about well, no, we need you to build it now. That's a totally different. That's a, exactly. that's a totally different deal. Like no anymore. Uh, I always I, thought go through that initial cartoon process in your head but by the time you're putting something down on paper for guys to actually build build it as close as possible to the finished product because now you don't have any disappointments about well my intent was this design was to do this it's right there everybody's yeah. can communicate on it they're all they're all on the same page that's what it's about well and, and exactly when you're working in a shop with the people that are actually building it then you're not in your little vacuum you're not in right. your little bubble right you know you're we're working with these guys right and it's like no, and it's got but, nothing to do with dumbing down the design either no not at all no, not at all you're uh, actually I'm, playing to that fabricator's you strengths and you're not insulting the fabricator with something no. that he can't possibly build yeah because it's like you can draw something super crazy and anybody you, can yeah exactly and, and it's like but no hold on we're, we're working within these parameters and a budget true right yeah, yeah you, you, know? you, you hit the nail on the head because <laughs> we i've we we can make whatever you want over here Sure, we really can, especially with with this, just the technology that's available and mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, three D printing and all that stuff. And for for how many one off jobs I've quoted, you know, and I thought a reasonable price, people were just like, "Oh no, it's too much." It's like, well, and that's why I we also in the wheel world, you know, look, hey, look, we can do it to different levels. Mm -hmm. We can go one hundred percent to the way you want this. Sure, and it's going to be twenty grand. <laughs> yeah, but you want to go ten grand, we'll get you here. We're gonna go five grand. We'll get you here, you know. We'll and it'd be just as cool. We'll get you somewhere in between, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. No, I mean it's definitely, um, you know, we we can appreciate people like you that have that, that, that you know, you come from the ground up there yeah. and you, you've worked your way through shops. So, you know, instead of some guy that just hey, no I can, ivory towers here. I can <laughs> I can draw some really bitching cars. Yeah. Can you build them though? Yeah, exactly. And he's yeah. never stopped drawing cars. I know. You know it's a, that's the it's thing. a like, sickness. It's not. No, you know. and, and you know what? It just being here, you have an enthusiasm for it. You know, it's all about your attitude. Yeah. You know, and I think that's totally cool because as soon as you shut it off, like you're just, no. Yeah. I've already done the cool shit back here and everything that happens after that sucks. That's when you lose Mark it. and I always talk about this. Nobody really needs this stuff. And so to be able to do this <laughs> no, and, get, and get paid for it, are you kidding me? No, you know? it's it's and, and you know what? Like, let's put our egos. Let's check our egos at the door because yeah, you, you know what? Um, someone's gonna come up with something better, but let's just do it. Let's just you got an idea? Let's do it. You hey, got man, a project? Let's cre do creativity it. Creativity is a commodity. I mean, yeah. If you throw it out there and, and imagine something that becomes tangible, sure, dude, you're, you're gonna speak to somebody. 
and if you work with them, then you're going to speak to their vision. Mm-hmm. Or if you, you do it on your own and uh, inspired by whatever it is that you're you're doing, you're, you're going to come up with something unique and just really rad. That's you know a one in a kind. Well, that's why I say artist communication. And you know, there's there's a dialogue between the the conceptualist and the fabricator in this case. And if you're enthusiastic and it shows and you're having a whole bunch of fun, everybody wants in. And again, because I know that this is a, this to me is a dream job. And people say, well, man, where, where'd you get all of your enthusiasm from? Are you kidding? <laughs> Just by dinner, what we're doing, you know? Yeah. No, it's totally cool. I love taking on the projects where, you know, it's, somebody comes to me with a, a drawing or wants me to come up with something or whatever. And you just, just all the way through the process. Sure. And then, then you see it on the finished vehicle. Oh yeah. Right. And then if they, if they win awards, that's cool. But just, you know what, just seeing something done, it's just, just from start to finish. It's totally, but listen, what's going, uh, so what's the future of your little partnership with, Hold on, Art. You can drive. <laughs> there you go. Hey, see, see it enough times. You, you get it right. So, it's kind of cool. You got so obviously you got the ball rolling. You have what we got three episodes launched. We've got three launched, and as we've of, as of right now. But by the time this show airs, I think you guys might have the other two come out. Yes, because we're we're going to launch probably in the new year, and they've got the next two yeah. episodes coming out in the next week or so, right? Right. Two. Which which are awesome. They they, they sound. Or the cars that you're going to be talking about sound awesome. Yeah, we've actually got ten episodes done. Whoa! And, yeah. yeah. Now, we, do you have CK pickup episode done? I can't tell you that. Uh, <laughs> come on now. Come He's on. Got to have some speed secrets. Of, uh, <laughs> see, if you go on our, our site, you'll see that it. Um, we listed the uh, air I, dates, but I, we didn't do the. I think the we have our answer though. <laughs> yeah. uh, I really do. We do. No, I mean that's to- it's totally cool because I mean everything's gonna end up being a classic. They're playing Nirvana on K Earth One Hundred One. Yeah. Okay? I, who knew? They're playing yeah. Nirvana on K Earth One Hundred One. Come on. Yeah. I mean when I when I you know Elvis the- who? <laughs> and yeah. we ain't talking Costello in this yeah, case. Exactly. <laughs> I mean growing up in the you know you know especially in the eighties they used to have K Earth One Hundred One on the shop and that was all. That point was fifties music. Yeah, oh yeah, Beach Boys. Hey, mm-hmm. And we Beach had this conversation Boys. the other day, man. This is what I listen to when I work. Fifties diners music because it reminds me of old school K Earth, like the, the yeah, yeah. that's Domino, the the Duke Ellingtons, uh, the Mary uh, Mary Wells. Oh, oh yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm odd man out here. I'm always flying the flag for progressive rock. Yeah, which even back in the day, you had to be a real geek to be into that stuff. But I can't help it. I liked all that techno flash. Keith Emerson is my go-to musician of choice. You know, may he rest his feet and rest in soul. <laughs> yeah, music. I mean, I, I was thinking about that as far as the gap between. It's been bridged between cars and you know and music a few times, right? Oh yeah. But it seems to always go back to like ZZ Top, and it's like a handful of guys. It just seems like it just yeah, it Stevie really Ray Vaughan. Yeah. It seems it's, like it would be more than that at this point, you know. And I think like my my opinion on like car shows and the way the car shows need to go. I love what Good Guys does. They're solid, the best in the industry. But let's let's start, you know, opening up, br- bridge some <laughs> gaps between different communities here and, and you know what yeah. Br- bring the music in Br- bring agree. bring the music in i'm you know as, yeah. as we're talking about music and i'm thinking about greta van fleet being the reincarnation of led zeppelin basically right you know yeah i mean the first time i heard them was on was on uh station kcrw and they were the first in southern cal to play those guys and i'm like 
where did they find these old tapes of Led Zeppelin, you know? But Yeah, when I first heard him, too, I was like, what Who? What the? What am I listening to? Yeah. And I thought it was Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how, what kind of bootlegs did they have to dig through to find this? You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that, I mean, I don't know. I think as, as I, I'm always looking at the, the way the car show thing goes, and I'm like, I think they, they got to change things they, up. They, they got to oh, yeah. change it up. I think they got to yeah. change it up because I, I think that. Yeah, we've you, complained about that for 15 years at least. And you know what? Hey, listen, it, it's it's just that's the reason we're doing the, 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 the podcast here is because there's a lot of people, my dad's generation, that are, you know, are hanging in there, but not sticking around and, and, and passing away. And it's like, I want to get this information down. There's a lot of good stories there that I've been telling for years and sharing for years with family and friends. And these people are passing away. And I want to get this down. Well, I'm but in, it's I'm also, in, I'm in the grand national Rosa show hall of fame. And when you're looking with regularity, you know, when we're looking for new inductees and that, and the problem is you look at some of the old guys that are just dropping off. It's like, we're losing a lot of folks, so you're right. It's time to you know grab what we can of that history and preserve it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it, also bring in bring in a next the next generation because, I mean, I look at my kids. I don't know if they they they, they don't they don't really care about the hot rodding thing. No, and no. and what's gonna be you know hot rodding needs to be a term that every generation uses for something that they're modifying and something they're making better mm-hmm. on their end. And you know they're gonna be electric cars. There's this. I mean, I just think 20 years from now, there's going to be. You're not going to own a car. You're going to own a, own a membership in a car service. Yeah, but, but I don't. I, mean, I don't want a, a vehicular right? transport module, man. I want something that's going to move <laughs> me emotionally. No, no, no. I don't hot, either. Hot rods are never going to go away. No, they're it's not. But not, it's going to be it's part it, of the American fabric. There, it's it's in, in part of what makes this country and this and this and it's uh, a culture. It, it's one of those things that are American built, and we own this. Shit, yeah, you know, like in well, like rock and roll. Yeah, like, but you got yeah. you got to remember yeah. though too. We are outnumbered by just just the the voting population in this in just California, for example. So what's going to happen is, you know, twenty years from now, you're not going to own a car. Yeah, you're going to own a membership. In an Uber service, which is a car service, yeah, and and it's it really is on, on the numbers side of things, it's gonna be very efficient, because you gotta think about it. As cool as my truck is, ninety five percent of its day, it's not being used, right? So the thing of it is, th- there could be fifteen other people using that truck, right, during the day, not the truck, but but a service of a new efficient electric car. But and and and, and I feel like. It's just going to end up being like this amusement thing where you're going to, it's going to cost a lot of money. You're going to have to, there's going to be certain areas. You're going to be like, yeah. it's, it's going to be weird. It's going to be like, oh, oh, you have a 69 Camaro? That's cool. God, it must cost you a lot of money to go drive it at Camaro Land out in the desert, right? You know, exactly. like, you know, it's and like, it probably won't be, but imagine 20, for year, 20 years from now, the gas is obsolete. Like, it's not like, well, that's the thing is, oh, gasoline. What, what do you, where do you get that? Yeah, it's like a rotary phone. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's it's going to take longer than that, but it's absolutely but what I'm, I'm, I'm getting at. Is, it's going to, it's exactly, it's like, yeah, you've seen those videos with the, some of the millennials using the rotary phones and are like, oh, oh yeah. what is They don't even know which end is out. This VCR cassette tape, what am I supposed to do with this? Or, you know, like vinyl records. I was going to say, they brought back vinyl. Come on. Vinyl records are coming back. Okay, but big time. Okay, I just. Don't the funk on that. No, I was just, you know, listening, you know, Jack White's got his own. Pressing plant up in what, whatever the, wherever he's at. Where is he at? I don't even know. He's in Nashville. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're pressing records and vinyl's making yeah. a comeback. So it's like, how do we, 
how do we capture that, that. end of it? Yeah. I mean, but you got to look at how big SEMA is. Oh, yeah. Right. You go to SEMA and you go, okay, well, this isn't dying out it's, anytime soon. Yeah. And it's you know, like. I, I got to say at this point that as far as the design goes for future cars, one thing people are forgetting about with all in all the push for for uh, electrics and basically they want to build new appliances. Well, the old appliances and stuff that we've done up till now have been done by passionate people that enjoy what they do and and you know and they want to see it manifested you know they want to see their designs come you know come to life but if you have a succeeding generation that don't care about transportation don't care about cars in the sense that that we enjoy them how are you going to get the next generation of people that can actually design these future modes of transport without that passion of wanting to get in the business in the first place if they made it so that cars are like a sin and bad 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 and the source of all society's evils how do you convince a, a, a young guy that, no, this is pretty cool, when they've been told repeatedly the opposite? See, so that's the thing I'm thinking about. Where are we going to get the future engineers and designers and people that are passionate about the kind of transportation that we enjoy? Well, and you know what? I think what we, I think that's what's always going to be important is design. Yes. Right? So it's just kind of a transition of your mind going, okay, look, the cars are going away. Mm -hmm. But I'm a, if you're a true designer, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a car guy, you're going to be bummed. Right. But if you're a true designer, you're going to go, oh, so we're going to have little car pods? Yeah. Because no one's going to want to ride around in dumpy-looking, boxy-looking pods. Someone's, I mean, I mean listen, listen, Teslas are some of the coolest-looking vehicles on the road, so somebody there likes what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, but even, right? even not even the car end of it. I mean, even look at Apple for years. Oh, yeah. It was kind of like, it was just a computer, but, man, they always made it look so sexy. They made so it yeah. sleek. Well, yeah. See, I mean, just. I, I don't just, know enough about cars to speak on that, but I know enough about design. And yeah. I will say aesthetics are one thing. But functionality and affection, uh, uh, effectiveness, mm -hmm. are, that's what makes design strong. That's what sells the deal. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, because look at the fashion industry. You know, you see these runway shows and, that, and it's like, how can anybody <laughs> walk the <laughs> streets never, and yeah, weird not. creations and stuff? But the stuff that they sell that's on the rack, it's it has to be functional because it has to fit people. Mm -hmm. You know, they got to sell these, these but it's rags. Like, it's got to last it's like for a the, while. It, yes. Yeah. Some of those, it's like the attention grabber. Like, hey, oh, yeah. well, well, who would ever wear that? Oh, yeah, but hold on. In the house yeah. of so-and-so or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, so I think that even if we have these uh, pod services where they're just driver services that drive you around, you don't ever mm -hmm. own a car, mm -hmm. you're going to want to, you know, there's going to be a premium deal. There's going to be like, a, oh, you... Wait a second. Here you got the, you know, well, the Comcast version of uh of the service, and you're driving around in a little, little box, you yeah, know, yeah. thing. No, no, no. I got the Tesla yeah. service. I pay a hundred dollars a month, and I'm driving around some badass cars. Yeah, I mean, like somebody like the exotic cars, for instance, they look like spaceships on the road, or you get something imposing like any Rolls Royce and what. But they're still trading on people's impressions, you know, from from a look standpoint. What statement does it make right. being seen with that car? Yeah. See, that's the thing they're trading on that, yeah that, and they'll never go old oh no i can't yeah, that's that's the appealing factor absolutely <laughs> so separates the masses you know in, in the hoi polloi from the people that's got it <laughs> but hopefully that's a long time away yeah i'd really like to continue to enjoy my gas guzzling pickups yeah. we yeah. need to keep going in the fashion we are right yeah exactly. yeah, yeah yeah and you know what uh keep the romance I, appreci going. I appreciate the fact that people love those old school 90s designs and then I'm making them in bigger sizes. Sure. You know, it's kind of cool. It's just like, uh, you know, we're just restyling and re. Not, not, you know, uh, and uh, I, I want to give you a plug, Chris, here, oh. because you're 
your uh, Chinook 2.0s are fucking sick. Thanks. <laughs> and what's the other one? The Liberties? Are those are 3.0 now? Well, we have new versions of the Liberty and the Chinook. Yeah, we just made changes. Like, you look at it now and go design-wise, we probably should have done that originally. But and well, it's, it's not you know much. What? It's just these little touches, but they really it's, take it over the top. Yeah, but at least you got a baseline in which to build. So that's the thing. Yeah, and most people, like, once we start showing pictures of the 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 2.0 over the 1.0 people aren't going to know the difference now the 3.0 obviously it's got a new feature that's not on the other ones but yeah it's just part of that design and manufacturing where you design something you go oh that's cool and then you start manufacturing it and you go okay we're running into problems here or there and then you go let's but it's still it's still viable design it's still awesome how do we make it better and then you you know well, and the technology changes on the manufacturing Check, end of it. Technology changes. Um, yeah, it went yeah. from the chiseled look to the rounded look just from the new machinery that came out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, you know, CNC machining changed the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when they was uh, these were, it's, but I, it just blows me away. Like now, like just some of the stuff that was done on these conventional machines. I know. Back at the shop, yeah. the hot rod shop, by you hand, know? like yeah. Johnny Anderson working on these machines, and then, you know. I mean, it would take like a year to do a whole lineup of parts, right? And then now it's like, what, two, three weeks? You're not done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got Come some on, blanks man. actually from your dad's uh, valve cover blanks. Oh, nice. That have never been machined. Like oh, really? It's a, it looks like a valve cover and the inside's all done and the bolt holes are it's done. It's just not the outside. But, but the outside's not done. Nice. And, but the, the, the cool thing that people don't, and I've got some wheel blanks, uh, centers. Yeah. You know, old, like in the 80s. And... But the valve cover ones are the most interesting because you look at that and then you think, oh, like somebody got that far, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But well, you know, somebody has to finish this. Back in, oh man, how old was I? This is in the late 80s. It was when my dad moved the shop from the house to over to uh, Monroe in Stanton. And it was me. He basically, me and Greg were young. I was probably 13 and Greg was probably nine or ten and he told keith russell he says hey you and the boys you guys go on basically all the leftover stuff that was left tons of 32 parts billet prototype parts like you're talking about some of these valve covers and stuff were at the shop and my dad needed it all cleared out and you know at at, uh, the la roaster show he always had that spot right and he goes you guys haul all that stuff up there you guys can sell it and keep the money <laughs> and i remember talk about printing money <laughs> no by 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 10 o'clock in the morning i think i had like 400 bucks in my pocket yeah as being like 13 years old 14 years old <laughs> that's a good day and, and, and you know what i didn't even know what we were selling to be honest with you oh, and, and, and you know when i talk to keith about that now he goes chris that was like the holy grail of like 32 parts and original billet parts that your dad was producing yeah. and you know it was it was crazy, you know, but I mean. Well, it's funny. You look back on that now and you think about how a lot of stuff is slowly coming back around. You're thinking, I wish I'd have hung on to a lot of that. Oh, yeah. yeah for sure. You know? For sure. You don't even want to think about it. But, you know, um, it was cool. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like, I, Greg was at the Cypress Swap Meet probably 10 years ago and found like a, a weird billet center. And he goes, what do you think this is? I go, that was done either with John Butera or, or, or our dad. And it was a weird. I still have it. Hmm. You know, I go. I go. He's like, "What do you want to do?" I'm gonna buy it. Yeah. Buy <laughs> it. it. Who it's else? Is it? Just yeah. buy it. It's part of know? history. I've got one of the original billet steering wheels from somewhere in the late '80s. Nice. It probably weighs. It's anodized red. Okay. 
And it's off a of 33, so you know whose car it's off of. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've got the wheels. i got the knockoff wheels. I've got the running boards, the steering wheel. Wait a sec. Uh, yeah. is, <laughs> is, this, is this the cabriolet? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, because I'm going to... No, don't obviously. do anything. Please don't do anything. <laughs> don't do it. I remember he called me one day because I posted on Facebook. I'm all, you totally ruined that car, right? <laughs> well, let's see if I can buy. I've got the car at the shop. Yeah. No, and, and I, and I, and I, I he, might change it back. Please, because. Well, that's what needs to happen. But. I just, for me, I get it. Okay. If you, like for me, and I told him, I said, when, when he made all those changes, he made it exactly like his 32. Yeah. Right. And I know that him and my dad had some problems back in the day when he was, my dad was building that 32 for him and he wanted a certain way. And it was just butting heads, right? And he made that 33 look like the 32. Yeah. And I was like, you took probably the most pristine boy car at the time with what, 1,300 miles on it. Yeah. Right. Just that guy used to, that guy came over to the, um, came over to our booth a few years in a row at the LA Roadsters and was like, you know, anybody wants to buy this? I was like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, at that point, I was like, no, it's a nice car. But it was just not messed with. Yeah. Not. It's just like even when Shazoom got messed with. I mean. Oh yeah. You know, it was kind of like, I get it. You know, that the just the interior maybe needed to be updated. I get it, but it's still a certain car you don't mess with. You don't mess with. Especially it. Like when it, it makes that hard an impact when it comes out. Yeah. I mean, go go build another one. That's my thing. Yeah. I mean, if you got the money, go build another one. Do a spinoff. And, and, and do a spinoff like the number two, Shazoom 2. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. If I had all the money in the world, I'd go buy these cars and I'd protect them. Yeah. Lock, lock them lock down. Lock them back up. <laughs> you know. But, yeah, I just, you know, the the problem is with the hood sides and all that other stuff, the bumpers, and it's like, can you reverse all that stuff? You yeah, know? you can. Yeah, I I've know. got it all. I know. <laughs> you know. It all needs to go, you know. And, but did and, he deliver the, those hood sides or the, the original hood sides? No. It's a second set. So you have the originals, yeah, and I've got the running. So boards. you could put that car back. I could put that car back, and and uh, oh, okay. See yeah. now, I now I don't feel so bad. Yeah. Now, see, <laughs> there's now, hope. I've got yeah, the mirrors. Now, now I'm like okay. I've got the original billet mirrors off of it. And when he and, told me, he's like, "No, I'm making this so me and my wife could drive this thing." Like, I, you know, we're getting up in age, and I was like, "You should have just built a new car." Yeah, like I drive it more than anybody. You know, such a cool car. I, and you know what? I mean, I don't have a problem with anybody changing the wheels because. They could be changed back. Yeah. Yeah. You keep the originals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's you know? the thing. So, but that's why I bought it all was to preserve it all so that it all stays in one package, stays together. And obviously, since we know them well enough, we can keep the car in our sights and not worry about where the car goes. But you look at that, you know, you think about that billet steering wheel, you know, and it's solid. It's it's not a halfback. There's no leather on it or anything. Yeah. No, and, it's and, totally solid. You know, so somebody had to machine that whole wheel yeah you know and like, it's just flip amazing. it over and, machine the backside. yeah well, and, and we were at um at sema last year or two years ago and there was a ck pickup that debuted and and uh it's a great truck and everything but the guy the we overheard somebody saying that they had machined the steering wheel and and we're like yeah i'm pretty sure they did that in boyd's in the 80s <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? this is not a revelation you know this, like you this know, ain't breaking and, news yeah you're not like yeah okay i get it you know and that's super cool and it's a super cool truck like no disrespect at all but it was just that you know that was the big allure of boyd's you know was that all these things were getting done 
that had never been done before. Yeah, it was like, groundbreaking. Or really, when you go you're, you go back to the renderings, look at the picture on the wall behind you. Mm-hmm. There's a picture of Cadzilla yeah. on the oh, wall. Yeah. Full and scale. in front of that, there's um, the... Um, uh, it's a 37. I forget the name of that car now. Oh, Road, Smooster. Roadstar. The Smooster? No, the, the white drawing's Roadstar. Right oh. here. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Oh. And oh. you know what? Uh, we still have the original buck of that. Of Roadstar? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know that that came over here. I think at Corbett Mike's a few yeah. years ago mm-hmm. was for sale along with the Sportstar, Sport the Lexus powered one. Yeah, yeah. And so you you know you rewind back to you know well, to the to that like you just think about the accomplishments that were made just like in that one picture alone. They're tiled floors. Oh yeah, a, a life size rendering and then a real rendering. You know, the, I think the thing well, with the hot riding world's mind. Well, that's the thing, and and I think with the the bigger thing with the renderings that we've kind of missed so far in this in this conversation is that the renderings made it so that you had an end goal, mm-hmm. and, and everybody was on the same that, page. Everybody's on the same page, and and what to me Boyd was good at was that the that's what the car looked like. You know, you look at this, you look at the the Voidster and Voidster 2, you know, these prints and, and that are hanging in here, that's what the car looks like. Oh, yeah. You know, it didn't get done and it's like, oh, it's different. No. Well, and it's like, Steve, you say that it brought a professionalism to to this, you know, I mean, especially when my dad worked with Larry Erickson yeah. on the Cadzilla. He's a great guy. Yeah, and a great guy. And so it's like, okay, full-size renderings on the wall. This is This is what it ends up being. And then, you know, when Chip came on board... Same deal. It just took that and took it took it further. Yeah, like an OEM quality design yeah. method. Right. You know, but, that, but but you know, he's still having that hot red hot rod mentality. Yeah. You know. But they actually implemented it, I think is is the thing, is that there was it was actually done, you know. Like the cars got done. You know, they were built and they looked right and, and for sure. So and, and it elevated it elevated hot rodding's profile. I mean, give it a, put it in a more professional light. Because if you notice sure. it seems to be a dividing line before and after, after that that professional approach now all of a sudden we got the oes that are coming on board and they're and they're using hot rod types to make their concepts come to life i mean granted that that was done also in the long you know a long time ago like say back in the 60s or whatever when they did say the ford custom car caravan and they had the alexander brothers and barris and all those guys but the coddington era ramped that up considerably and now it's not just a matter of a customizer tweaking a little bit of sheet metal we're talking about guys that can re-engineer the thing to oe standards and oe professionalism and that that again it 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 it, it dribbles down to the to the to the man on the street that can look at hot riding and, well these guys aren't just you know guys in greasy t-shirts and you know swearing a lot even though there's some of that goes on oh yeah but you, you don't want that, that image you know <laughs> yeah i mean that, that's no. the outlaw part of it but you, we're more than that for sure, and and I think the one thing that, you know, my dad got credit for besides not billet wheels, not any specific cars, was exactly that, Le- like legitimizing hot rodding. Yes, yeah. that that was something that he got, you know, uh, th- that he got credited for, and I, I really appreciate that because that really was the starting point for a lot of things. And there's some some dudes building some crazy stuff now. You know, um, well, and he just, was just, just like you talk about renderings and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, you know, now 3D printing's a thing. Oh, I know. So, so, so CNC machines is what changed the game for my dad with the wheel production. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you talk about 3D printing and, you know, just the technology going on yeah. there and just, it's crazy. Yeah, they could make anything. Sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's a. Uh, but you still need the designer. 
Well, there is that. <laughs> no, you do. You have to have the design sense. Yeah. You know how many times I've worked with somebody that goes, oh, I know how to program the uh, wheel. I know how to program a machine. It's horrible. No, it's horrible. you got to have des- Okay, there's engineering sense. There's design sense. See, that was the thing that everybody missed. We'll start with Lil' John Butera because he was a consummate artist. And but the 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 rank and file just saw the fact that the stuff was whittled on a on a Bridgeport mill or whatever, and they didn't they forgot about the artsy part of it. Why were they attracted to that part in the first place? And this gets us back to what we were talking about earlier about loving the the design and making sure that the design aspect of it is is taken care of. Because it, anybody could just make a part, but you want to make a part, especially if, if you're in the industry, that people are going to take a look at and says, I want that. Devil take the hindmost. I gotta have that over somebody else's part. And if you keep the artsy part of it, and, you know, and, and the designer aspect of it, and the emotional part of it, that's where it really comes into play. That's how that's how you that's how you sell it. No, for and sure. It, and it's bitching to look at. Let's face it. Exactly. Right. I mean, because you've seen so much stuff that it's super functional, but mm-hmm. it's like, eh, yeah, doesn't look that good. I think that's so, the reason why, like, say, a guy like Mark and myself, we got a problem with the new crop of say LS type motors or whatever. With all the plastic and stuff, we know it's efficient. We know it, it was a necessary evil to get the job done and for the power plants, you know, uh, 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 des- um, needs and designs or whatever. But what happened to the aesthetics? I mean, you think about, say, an old 327 Chevy with, with Rochester injection, and now you got the fins on top of the Rochester, and you got the fins in the valve cover, and you got the Corvette logo, and all, all that stuff's romantic. You know, people, you know, it's, it's not just a matter of just, just taking a wrench to something and getting dirty. You want to look at that thing when you're done and go, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like they almost kind of ignore under the hood now, you know. And, I and, think and, for the moment. Yeah, right. I mean, I think you know, early on in the, especially in the '50s, right. You look at these cars and you go, they designed the whole car. Mm-hmm. Right, because also too, but back then, I mean, the way that the engines were, you could work on them yourself. How about in the Duesenberg era? All that engine turn stuff and polish. Oh and yeah, the yeah, engines yeah. Were I mean, of, I mean, works of art. No, that's. So we need to get comes, back to that with the modern hardware. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of it comes down to just the manufacturability. They want to look look nice, but they want the function just right. easy to make. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I just I'm I'm a, appreciative of you guys here keeping hot rodding going. Oh yeah, you got know? to and uh, trying to put our own little mark in the hot rod world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, tell us how you can uh, we can get a hold of bo- uh, either of you here. Yeah, give us some plugs. Uh, Steve Stanford Designs on, on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. Yeah, easiest for me, CaliforniaSpeedAndCustom.com. Yeah. And there's every, and even the art you can drive is on there. So if you yeah. just type in California Speed and Custom, go on the web, there's a link right on the on the homepage. It says art you can drive. You can watch it here. Yeah, and I, I got to give you guys props for that because whoever uh, shot that and produced it did a really nice job. I've, I've seen the open, and yeah. it's like, Super well edited to to the video to the to the music and and you guys have some great shots. Yeah, he's really good. He's actually at the shop right now, uh, shooting uh, B roll. That's Josh. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. so That's Josh. Yeah, Josh Kmeyer. He owns mm-hmm. a company called Unstoppable Entertainment. Perfect. And uh, he's incredible. You know, he, he, he makes us look good. He's got and, the enthusiasm uh, too. We work we work it. well together. That, that, that's not an easy task. Yeah, it, you guys tough. look good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it took no, them a while. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's very it's important. It's some of the stuff you know. I think everybody nowadays with their iPhone. Oh, I can film that little video. I can yeah, do right. this and stuff. Oh, but yeah. you know, this guy's got production background. He worked at Fox Sports West for years. Yeah, you know, 
and I'm going to say it again. Se- <laughs> he's got se- he's got seven Emmys under his belt. Right oh my That's god! Incredible. Congratulations! I'll never get tired of hearing that. Yeah. No, I- <laughs> Every podcast somehow that's going to get plugged, but hey, we're, you know, we're, uh, you don't need hey, dealing with hey, a pro here. Hey, he, one he, for every day of the week. He thought a Dodge <laughs> Demon had eight hundred thousand horsepower, <laughs> but I, I backed I, him off I, to I eight totally hundred. Yeah, but I, I uh, moved he, the decimal or yeah, But but he he knows a thing or two about motion graphics and uh, editing and all that fancy after effects stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, but you Chris, know, Chris has got a face for radio, so it makes it easy. <laughs> yeah. to podcast, so. That's why there's no video version of this <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. anytime soon. Yeah. No, video killed the radio star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> He's my career. Okay. Well, this has been fun. But, yeah, dude, well, thanks yeah. for coming guys, down. You guys have been radical, man. Like, I, So Mike kicks out of our hearing these stories because, like, I guarantee you, but seventy-five uh, percent of the, the audience that's going to be listening to the podcast knows exactly what's going on. Right. But we're hoping to get that other twenty-five percent in that, that doesn't realize what they're listening to and how uh, a much how much of a part of American history hot riding has been. And that's what we're trying to bring in. And that's why I'm trying to like you know help bridge that gap. Right. See, and that's the basic philosophy that we use with art. You can drive. You know, we're not going for the for the for the grease under the fingernails, gearheads. Although obviously they're more than welcome, but we want everybody to share the same kind of enthusiasm we got for the automotive sport and hobby that 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 we enjoy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, we, we it's had good a, clean fun. We had a, I I don't remember his name, but um, we had one guy comment on the Corvette episode, which was you know like obviously was the first one, and we didn't know how it was going to go. Like we just like we're winging you it. Know, yeah, like I had this idea of doing this, and you know, and I wanted to do it with Steve, obviously because. Like, I can do the mechanical side of it, and he can do the art side of it. And, you know, together, it's just about how the two things go together. And we had a really famous film director um, write us a note saying that he wants that Corvette now. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow. and, and that was early on. So, like, you know, like, you know, we got really inflated heads at that point because it was like, you know, it's like, Speak holy. For like, yeah. <laughs> well, just for a brief moment, but, but it was like, oh, so I used to wear this, a hat. Yeah. Just like, this, this works. You know, the format no, works. But it's that, like, that's no, what we want. That's a good we, confidence. Yeah. Confidence it's cool. Story. And, you know, I like Absolutely. the short format. Like, look, I like the long talking. format when we're having a conversation like this. Sure. Mm-hmm. Just when it comes down to, what you guys are doing is bitching with the three and a half minutes, yeah. right? Four minutes, whatever. Four minutes at the yeah. max. Four minutes at the max. Bite-sized chunks of enthusiasm. Right. That's well, exactly uh, it. It's my wife's birthday tomorrow, but I won't make a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't make a four-minute joke. Yeah. joke. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave that there. Yeah. Well, we feel that, you know, if if you like it and say you like that car, say, you know, like you like the CK truck or you like the – or oh, did I say CK truck? Yeah. And then yeah, well, I mean C10. Oh, yeah. Yeah. C10. <laughs> but right. say you like that vehicle, well, then you know, obviously, you have the whole internet at your fingertips, and you can go find out more. You can contact Steve. You can contact me. You can like all the credits roll at the end, just like a normal, yeah. you know, like we we put that in there so that people have ways to contact us, and so the, you know, we just want to get the emotional side going, and then what you do with it's up to you. Yeah. You know? No, that's so, that's cool. I mean. It's like the, the the whole reason for this podcast was I just wanted to, I need to expand my my knowledge base and you know what, and like by hanging out more- with you, this is great. Like you know what I mean, uh, it's kind of like a, this should I, I I have a feeling this should have been done sooner, right? You're right. <laughs> it should have been done sooner. But I want this is all the people that I haven't talked to, people that I talk to on a daily basis. I just want to get them in here and let's just talk record, about record this history. And this is so American many people. Culture. I'm gonna be honest. 
Chris was giddy about having guys in here. Again, you got to raise your standards, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if, no, all, if, you if, know, he, if he did that, all four of us would not be in this room together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, that's just my thing. It's just like, okay, I've known about you for a long, long, long time, but I've never sat down and talked with you, you know, and here we are. And and, and we've talked many times, yeah. and, but now it's like a, like a focused thing. And it's like, I'm just, we're documenting your contribution to just the whole thing. And I'm, I'm learning more. Well, like I like to remind everybody, and you touched on it earlier, that this is American culture. I mean, this is stuff that gets exported to the world. It's part of the reason why people look upon it, like from Hollywood movies to, you know, to hot rods, rock and roll, whatever. Levi jeans. Absolutely. You know, and, I think and, we're all wearing them right now. You know, yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> I I am, some way, shape, or form. And, and, you know, and that's the thing that, that we're perpetuating now. I mean, this is, this is, this is our lifestyle. It's not like we're looking from afar, you know, over the fence, somebody else having fun. We're just doing it, you know, and that, yeah. that, that's the appeal. Yeah, you, you guys have been uh, all three. Of you guys in this room, you guys are trailblazers. Like you guys are fucking all radical in your own. Uh, and it's 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 so cool to sit here and like be a fly on the wall to to me. And I hope that the audience is really getting something out of it. Looking you guys up, seeing who you guys are, what you guys are all about, and how much of an influence all three of you guys have had in this movement you know <laughs> yeah we're corrupting them one at a time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well cool well thanks for coming out guys thanks uh, for having us really think that's a wrap it's been a pleasure I, yeah I, I, let's, let's, uh do we give all the plugs do we yeah do, we did it we yeah, did it all we, we did plugs we, yeah. we did it all I, art you can drive <laughs> art, you can, art drive. you can drive yeah yeah art you can if you want to check that out and that's then, right and that'll take you anywhere else you want to go once sure. you're in there yeah. all you know, right like well, to steve or me cool well hey hey if I Thank don't you. see you guys, Happy New Year, oh, Merry Christmas, and all the above. Yeah, well, it, it's been a pleasure having you, you guys, on the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, till next time, let's all say goodbye. Peace. Bye. See Good ya. Night. Thank you. <laughs> all right, from the Orange headquarters of Hot Rods by Boyd, we are out. Out. <laughs>